This is Hammond. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast to support the show. Hello. How are you? Hi. I'm good. It's, uh, we're both, are you vaccinated yet? I'm done. You're done. I'm done. Week, wait, are you two weeks out? Could we be doing this in person right now? We might be. Yeah. (laughs) Still waiting for the rest of the family, uh, to do it, but, um, yes. Sure. That's one exciting. Day. One day gonna, we'll see you again. I'm going to have to shower again before we record. I never, yeah. I, I've gotten used to not having to do that. Why start now? <laughs> let's, uh, let's start with this insane uh, comment from Cindy Hyde Smith that was making the rounds this week. Here's the setup for it. Republicans everywhere, predominantly Georgia is the one that happened yesterday. They've passed laws that basically figure out ways to stop black people from voting without saying the word black. Mm -hmm. Um, And in Georgia, they passed like the most egregious version of this bill. And they were having a a, a subcommittee hearing about it in the Senate this week because Democrats have a bill that would stop the racism, at least in uh, some significant ways. Right. And one of the people speaking out against that was Mississippi Senator Republican Cindy Hyde-Smith, who, Mm -hmm. by the way, if you don't remember, when she was running her re-election campaign this past year, uh, she was joking about lynching. (laughs) She's exactly what you would expect, like, a southern Mississippi white Republican to kind of be and say, and, like, Mm -hmm. she fits your description, whatever you were thinking. Does she have particular The answer to that is yes. <laughs> um, anyway, here's what she argued as to why we don't need to pass a voting rights bill. Mm. She said, you know, I can't speak for Georgia, but I can speak for Mississippi on why mm-hmm. we would never do that. Oh, I'm sorry. I should explain. One of the things Georgia did, or at least thought, said they were going to do, is uh-huh. they're going to block people from early voting on Sundays. Now, right. how is that an anti, how is that a racist thing? Because it turns out the Souls time that a, the a lot of black churches in Georgia and elsewhere too, but in Georgia, they go to church on Sundays before mm-hmm. an election. And then afterwards they plan souls to the polls events. They go vote on Sunday. Mm-hmm. So of course, how do you get around that without saying the word black? You say, oh, we're just shutting down early voting on Sunday. So here's Cindy Hyde Smith. I can speak from Mississippi on why we would never do that on a Sunday or hold an election on a Sunday. You know, this is our currency. This is a dollar bill. This says oh, the no. United States no. of America, in God we trust. Etched in stone in the U.S. Senate chamber is in God we trust. When you swore in all these witnesses, the last thing you said to them in your instructions was, so help you God. In God's word, in Exodus twenty eighteen, it says, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Isn't the Sabbath Saturday sometimes? So, yeah, there's many things wrong with this. One is, is, yes, Saturday is the Sabbath for many people. Mm -hmm. Um, Sunday's convenient, but Saturday is kind of the, if you say God made the universe in six days and the seventh day is the Sabbath, like, well, the seventh day of the week, by most accounts, would be the Saturday. And a lot of, again, none of this matters. But also, that's not a reason even mm-hmm. if you happen to have Sabbath on a Sunday, that's never stopped Christians from doing the things they wanted to do. Sure. You go to church on Sunday. A pastor's you working on a Sunday. On you Sundays. tip poorly on Sundays. Yep, after church. So there's all of those reasons that the Sabbath is totally pointless when you're trying to argue why we don't need voting rights. My favorite part about that is she quoted Exodus 2018. Uh, You know what 2018 actually says? Tell me. When the people saw the thunder and lightning and heard the trumpet and saw the mountain in smoke, they trembled with fear. They stayed at a distance. That has nothing to do with the Sabbath. I think she was referring to Exodus 28, which is the commandment one. But also it's just telling that Cindy doesn't know her Bible verses correctly. Just shout out a random one. I'm sure it'll work. I mean, they all have to do with keeping black people from voting, if I remember my biblical scholarly. <laughs> it's what Jesus well. said. Yeah, exactly. Um, guess, this a whole big jam. Guess when Cindy Hyde-Smith was sworn into office this year? Oh, uh, April 20th? No, it's not April 20th. Guess Tell what me. day of the week? 
<laughs> Sunday. Of course it Sunday, was. Sunday. Course I thought it was going to be 420, baby. Yeah. Um, by the way, Cindy Heitsmith also made news a couple of years ago when she was saying uh, to a small crowd of supporters that it would be a, quote, great idea Mm-mm. if we made it, quote, just a little more difficult for college students to vote. This is your election integrity spokeswoman if oh, you're in Mississippi. Boy. Mississippi, by the way, is one of the worst states in the country when it for comes to voting almost rights. everything. And for everything else. So um, that's her argument for why she opposes voting rights. And by the way, that's the view that's going to win mm-hmm. unless Democrats decide the filibuster is worth nuking, which like three of them or two of them mansion yeah, cinema. cinema also. Mansion. There are others who are like, well, I'm opposed to getting rid of it. The dumbest mansion this week is like, I want a bipartisan solution. Like he's the only quote unquote Democrat in the country who doesn't seem to understand the other side are not like good faith actors here. They right. are not your friends. He's the only one who hasn't figured that out yet. I don't get what his staff is doing. Like, I get why one dude who happens to be senator is dumb. I don't get how you can hire an entire office full of people as dumb as you are. Like, what's wrong with his entire congressional staff? I mean, what was wrong with the entire White House from 2017 to 2021? Like, people follow the leader. If he is willing to... I mean, I'm not surprised if it happened if it was a Republican. Like, I know Josh Hawley's staff is insane, but but like... Why? But they're from West Virginia. I, I mean, I, I my bet would be they're from West Virginia. Like that Democratic seat is not a given, and so right. And this is a point people have pointed out, and I know this is accurate. It's like I realize Joe Manchin is the best you're probably going to find right. in West Virginia. Right. Like the alternative is Republican. Though part of me is like, you know what? Put a Republican in there because you wouldn't get much of a change. And you know what? Then maybe Democrats would get their shit together about saying, you know what? We oppose this as a unified party instead mm-hmm. of some people just hijacking the party for their... Like, uh, I see what you I, mean. I know we need the 50th vote for certain things, but mm-hmm. again, when it comes to some... Imp- we wouldn't have gotten the, the COVID relief bill without it. Right. But still, like, it's yeah. not helping when you got to fight against your own party to get basic oh. things done. How much do you think Joe Manchin loves being the most powerful person in the Democratic Party right now? But he's... I thought that when the election happened in Georgia was uh, when they won in the two seats in Georgia, uh-huh. but he's not using that power to do anything useful. He's just using it to get in everyone's way. It's yeah, like you could just he's, say he's basically a Republican and that's all they do. I mean, just say like, fine, voting rights, I'll support voting rights, but also, I don't know, give West Virginians like two dollars each. And no, <laughs> he's not doing that. He's not using that power for anything worthwhile for his state. Mm-hmm. So what's the point of being the most powerful man in the Senate if you're I, just using it to be like, I think Republicans have good ideas because I'm open minded. It's like you're no, stop it. Yeah, no. But and I get it. But like, that's all Republicans do. They don't believe in government, period. And so they just get in there and gum up the works as much as they can. Like this. But feels they're like open about it. Like Ted Cruz is never like, I'm going to talk to Democrats and see if we can get. No, he's just like, I'm here to be a dick. That's the only reason I exist. Uh, yeah, so, I, I mean, he's open and honest about it. Um, and he's horrible. I'm not saying I want more of him, but at least he's honest about just being an asshole about it. (laughs) Anyway, um, here, I'll switch gears for a second. So I not constantly on a rant. Franklin Graham, the evangelist has Christians, his base of white evangelical Christians. He got them mad at him this week. Franklin Graham, Franklin Graham got everyone mad at him. And why is he, what could he possibly say? That makes them mad at him, the yeah. king of like white evangelicals on Facebook. I thought the sun shone out of his ass. So what's going on yeah. with him? Here's what he said. Um, he was talking about vaccines and he said, people have asked me, I'm paraphrasing, people have asked me, you know, about vaccines. And what I would say is, I think Jesus Christ would advocate for people using vaccines and medicines to treat uh, suffering and save lives. Okay. Dot, dot, dot. My wife and I have both had the vaccine, and at 68 years old, I want to get as many more miles out of these old bones as possible. <laughs> I thought he was going to say, I want to get as many vaccines in there as I can. <laughs> yeah, basically he's saying, I have the vaccine, you should get the vaccine, Jesus would be cool with the vaccine, uh-huh. because that's 
the sensible thing to say in terms of, yeah, you should get it. I don't care about the Jesus part of it. Like who I'm not asking for Jesus's advice here. Uh-huh. Um, so whatever, but he got it and he's encouraging people to get it. And um, let me read you some of the comments underneath this Facebook post. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I want to give him credit where it's due because white evangelicals, we've talked about this. They are the lowest scoring demographic when it comes to saying they'll get their shots. Right. So the way to fix that is you need like the Fox, you need Hannity saying, I'm going to get the vaccine. You need Franklin Graham saying they're going to do that because that'll encourage more of their people to get it. Anyway, here's some of the comments underneath Franklin Graham's post. You're assuming the vaccines are for health. Not sure about that. Um, someone else skeptical all of a sudden (laughs) beware people evil all caps has infiltrated even the clergy now do your own research is franklin Um, graham a clergy member uh, i thought he was just a dude he's just a dude he doesn't have a church uh (laughs) there has not been enough testing on the long-term ramifications of the vaccine for me to trust getting it i ain't risking that uh next they have been oh i'm sorry uh, I don't believe Jesus would be for employers trying to force employees to get the vaccine if they want to keep their job. Sounds like sounds a lot like the lead up to how they'll get people to accept the mark of the beast. Oh, yes. that's not how I was expecting that to end. <laughs> I was just thinking about how uh, Hobby Lobby make, wants to make sure their people don't get birth control. Yeah. The, this vaccine was developed in record time, and we're also living at a time when we're being lied to about everything from the government. Oh, um, someone who was sleeping for four years. Those, <laughs> this COVID stuff was rushed, and they have no idea of the long-term effects, which is both inaccurate and like I understand the concern, but also it wasn't rushed. They right. just did it. Better technology, better science, more. More people you could test it out on. Mm-hmm. It's there's a reason we could do this faster. It's not a bad one. Yeah, and I think it's important to understand that like the reason most um, medical tests take longer than this one did is because of money. <laughs> is because like there's only so many funds to go around, so things take longer and things get dragged out. Yeah. Funnily enough, when the entire country is heavily invested in getting something done. They can do it. Yes. Um, Unless Joe Manchin is on your side. Someone else said, no, Mr. Graham, I do not for a minute think Jesus would advocate for a killer vaccine Mm. or or for masks and social distancing. Just to throw that in there. So it's so funny that (laughs) Jesus just always agrees with whatever they like. Everything. Jesus definitely loved extra crispy, not original (laughs) recipe. (laughs) Yes. I guess. That should be KFC's marketing just <laughs> Jesus um, hates Popeyes. That's it. I on the uh, on a similar. Or are you done? Yeah. Can I talk about? I mean, it, it's, it's all the same. Franklin all... Graham's creation is now coming after him, which is almost amusing. Mm-hmm. Except it means we're all going to die now. Like, yeah, it's a little hell from. 2001 Space Odyssey. Okay. Um, Speaking of (laughs) of shots, uh, do you know who is the demographic that is least likely to get get their vaccine when it's available? I only know the religious one is white evangelicals. I don't know any other demographic. It's conservative men. About half Ah. of them say that... uh, Oh, my God. This is so... This is like classic toxic masculinity. This is classic emotional labor. This is... All in one, like, fun little thing. So, um, of, so there was a, a study that went out, and um, so it was by uh, NPR and PBS New, uh, NewsHour. So, apparently, 49% of Republican men do not get to plan to get vaccinated. They don't want to get vaccinated. They do not want to get vaccinated. Okay. Um, and so this is, it's kind of reflective of the fact that, like, most women tend to, ma- no, ma- like, no matter class, race, party, women tend to make the medical decisions in, in the household. Okay. And so now there's this, like, subset of Republican women or women who are married to Republican men who are like, how do I sneak this vaccine into my stupid husband? <laughs> Um, but the reason for it is extremely good. So this is um, a sorry. Let me find who this. Yeah. Man. I do find it amusing that these Republican men need people in their own families who know they're <laughs> batshit insane. Yeah. To but try still to talk don't want them to die or kill other people. Yeah. 
Um, so Melissa Deckman is a politics professor at Wa- professor at Washington College who uh, specializes in gender. And she says that conservative men do not see the vaccine as manly. Many have shirked away from wearing masks and social distancing in part because those measures did not fit a narrative of men, quote, as superhuman and invincible. If a man views his masculinity as central to his identity, studies show he'll be less likely to wear a mask. Hey, listeners, is it effeminate to, like, live? Fellas, is it gay to survive? (laughs) Yeah. Genuinely, that's one of my favorite like meme formats on on the oh, internet. Man. Is like, fellas, is it gay to have feet or whatever? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, toxic masculinity. Oh, I'm wearing a shirt that says toxic masculinity ruins the party again. <laughs> so I swear, some of this like uh, culling the herd sort of mentality for the vaccine. This stuff would almost be funny slash sad in a different way if it wasn't so damn contagious. It's yeah. like, yep. yeah, well, the, the anti-science crowd isn't doing so well now that this pandemic is happening. That would be a much more uh, entertaining, that's the wrong word, narrative if Amusing. it wasn't for that their ignorance hurts everybody. Like I don't, I I don't want them to die. That's the difference. Like that's why I, yeah. I hesitate with that thing. I want to save their life. I know they wouldn't care if it happened the other way around. Mm-hmm. But it's like their ignorance is going to kill people that they don't care about, and I don't know yeah. about. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, um, that's. It's very hard to see these people who are like ruggedly individualistic. Uh, that sort of mentality is going to get us all killed. Oh my <sighs> god. Let's jump to Florida. We have to. There is a uh, school system, the Duval County Public Schools. They have a bunch of high schools that were named a long time ago. They're thinking about changing the name of nine schools in the district. And uh, because they were named after people who probably shouldn't have things named after them. (laughs) And the most, like, obvious version of this is Robert E. Lee High School. Oh, Um, okay. Well, it's a little on the nose, guys. (laughs) Would have thought that one would have had some uh, pushback when it was proposed. But there you go. The racist Confederate leader but anyway they're they're thinking about changing his name but the school board wants to do this in a you know normal right way so they're saying we're going to have some open public discussions about this before the school board ever takes a vote or begins the process to actually do it Mm -hmm. so right now they're in the middle of having those public discussions which basically take the form of we're here for two hours if you want to say something sign up for or against we'll try to rotate we'll Uh try to get through as many people as possible the funny thing is some people just show up every time and just say some different version of the same thing one of these guys his name is joey stevens he spoke out um i'm gonna quote his entire thing because you have to like hear it to believe it okay he was lashing out at someone who i'm paraphrasing said i'm a christian and you know jesus wouldn't want us to praise a racist like this like we need to change the school's name Mm -hmm. and here's what joey stevens says one of them mentioned Christianity and that, you know, if you're Christians, you shouldn't stand for this. Well, that's awfully funny that you want to bring up Christianity when it says in the Bible, Jesus himself never condemned slavery. In fact, he said, slaves have an obligation to obey their master. So if you're going to throw around Christianity, say both sides. This guy, both sides did slavery. Okay, here's the thing is, if he was making that argument in favor of changing the school to something less horrible, that's not a bad argument to make. Like, oh, you're going to evoke Jesus? Do you remember how much, like, Jesus Jesus said some stupid shit. Like, if we're going to make all of our decisions based on what Jesus said, then, like, yeah, we're going to have to make some really whack decisions (laughs) soon. So, but the fact that he, t- I, I'm assuming he took that to be like, so I guess slavery isn't as bad as you thought. Yeah, that's how I'm taking that. Yeah. Oh, um, boy. That's an argument he actually made at a meeting with, by the way, you can, I'm, uh, if you can imagine this, this guy has to wear a mask to get in the building. But uh-huh. as he's speaking, the mask is just tucked down below his mouth. Oh, good. So when he's spitting and yelling, yes. it can really extend. That's nice. exactly really stretch right. Stretch its legs. <laughs> so that's oh, a real Jesus. thing. And while we're at the angry section of today's uh-huh. show, let's just get to Ted Cruz. 
Um, so there was a Colorado <sighs> shooting that happened after the other shooting that happened. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Ted Cruz, of course, has something to say about it because he was very angry uh, that he offered thoughts and prayers after the mass shooting in Colorado, and people got mad at him. What? Yeah. But he so, was doing so much work. I know. Thinking so he, and praying. So, so, well, yeah, I never thought before, but definitely <laughs> praying. So he goes on Hannity, oh. and he's like, "Why?" he's basically arguing, why does everyone hate me for this? I mean, they hate you for a lot of reasons. But yeah, on this yeah. one specifically, here's what Ted Cruz said on Hannity. The modern day left is more and more extreme. They mm. have this bizarre antipathy to God and to prayer. Dot, dot, dot. And the left treats that like, how dare you believe there's an omnipotent God who could actually love you and care for you. That's why we're See, mad at his thoughts and prayers, because we just hate God and everyone's an atheist. And they're like, thoughts and prayers. No, you believe in God. I hate you. That's how he thinks this conversation goes every time. Not realizing everyone, Christians included, are mad at Republicans who offer thoughts and prayers because that's their way of not doing anything substantive right. to stop mass shootings. Oh, my Lord. I just... He it's has just, to know that. He has to know that's why everyone hates. Kn- I mean, does he even know everyone hates him? I don't know. Like, the fact that his wife was in a text group when they went to Cancun full full of who I think she thinks are her friends. Yeah. And someone and was fucking- like, oh, I'm sharing this with the New York Times. Like, <laughs> they knocked her out so bad. <laughs> they Clearly, his wife doesn't even know who her friends are. So I'm, I, I don't know if Ted Cruz understands why everyone hates him mm-hmm. like but he must be aware that they do he simply must i i don't know anymore because mm. again mm. there's so many republicans who are the heroes in their little bubbles so they go to cpac and they're like everyone oh, loves sure. me here it's like well that's a very tiny bubble you're in right now uh-huh oh um, my god what a again, knob I ted hate cruz we are mad at ted cruz not because he's offering thoughts and prayers because a lot of people do that it's because his actions prove he's not gonna do jack shit except mm-hmm. offer mm-hmm. thoughts and prayers because he doesn't care if mass shootings happen he right. doesn't care if people die he's right. not gonna do anything that he has the power to do to stop it and those of us who would do something to stop it don't have the power to do so Mm-hmm. Also known as the Joe Manchin argument. <laughs> God, I hate that guy. Um, all right. You want to get to something more serious here? Let's mm-hmm. okay. talk about the Mormon church. They were sued this week. Like, for a lot, kind of. Really? Yeah, this goes back to a story this. we discussed almost more than a year ago. Here's what happened. December 2019, pre-pandemic, Um, Some guys, two guys who worked for the IRS and worked, I'm sorry, uh, who worked for the Mormon church uh, doing their, they were like accountants for the Mormon church. They basically whistle blew to the Washington Post and said the Mormon church is stockpiling their surplus donations instead of using them for charitable works. Like, people give tithe money to the Mormon church, ostensibly, to do certain things. And these guys were saying, we've seen the books. We know the numbers. They're not using it for charity like they say they're going to. In fact, there is $100 billion sitting in that stockpile. And the Mormon church is using it for, among other reasons, to develop a for-profit mall and bail out a failing insurance agency that they, like, have some business relationship with. Oh, boy. So these guys, $100 billion, they informed the IRS about this. They called on the IRS, you need to revoke their tax-exempt status since sure. they're um, not doing what they're supposed to do as a nonprofit, even if it's mm-hmm. a religious organization. Now, don't expect the IRS to do anything because the IRS doesn't take action ever against Correct. churches for anything, even when there's good reason to do it. Right. But that was all in 2019. There's been no real movement on this matter since then. But now, this week, a guy named James Huntsman is suing the Mormon church, basically saying, I've donated a lot of money to the church over the course of my life. I grew up uh-huh. in a Mormon family. I'm no longer Mormon, but I pretty much was part of this my whole life Uh he wants and by the way he comes from a rich family he's given a lot of money 
to the church, and if they're not using it the way they said they were going to use it, he wants to sue them for fraud. Good. And a couple things about this. One is he specifically says, I want my $5 million back, which drop in the bucket for the LDS church, but also it's not nothing. Well, and it also gives you a good idea of, like, this one guy's family donated $5 million. One guy donated $5 million. How much has his family donated? Oh, it was just him. It's oh, I just think that was him. his whole... Yes. Um, he says this is not a case about faith. This isn't because he's no longer a Mormon. He said this sure. is not a case about faith. It is a case about fraud and corporate greed. He wants $5 million back. He, he says, yeah, I want to use that cash to help, quote, organizations and communities whose members have been marginalized by the church's teachings and doctrines, including by donating to charities supporting LGBTQ, African-American, and women's rights. Mm-hmm. I mean, better use of the money. Um, couple uh, Something else you should know about this. J- uh, James Huntsman, if that name sounds familiar, it's because th- I might as well have said Mitt Romney's son is doing this. That's how serious of a name this is. This isn't a nobody. Oh. This isn't a random, rich, anonymous guy who lives in Utah. James Huntsman is the brother of John Huntsman, who is a former presidential candidate, yeah. a former governor of Utah. John Huntsman's daughter, I believe, is Abby Huntsman, who was on The View for a while or something like that. Like, they, the Huntsmans are a well-known Utah name, Mormon name, it's kind of like the other family besides the Romneys. So for someone like that mm-hmm. to speak out like this is makes this story even a bigger deal. So that's interesting enough. Now, the obvious question is, okay, so he's suing the church. Will mm-hmm. it work? And the answer to that is almost certainly no. Um, One article quoted a tax law professor from Loyola outside of Chicago in Chicago. um, And the lawyer basically said it's not going to do anything. The lawsuit actually lacks any specifics. And basically the argument is when you give money to the church or any charity and you say it's unrestricted, he didn't say I'm giving you five million dollars specifically for this group, for this project you're doing. He Mm -hmm. just said I'm giving the church five million dollars. And the tax lawyer says, well, when you give them unrestricted money like that, and then you discover later you don't like what they did with it, too bad you're out of luck. You can't sue over that, which does make sense. So is this lawsuit a good idea? And the only thing I could say about that is even if he loses, which he almost certainly will, Mm -hmm. it's not a bad idea only because this will get people talking about the very real (laughs) issue of where does your money go when you give to the Mormon church? Because the answer is... As it was in 2019. Shrug emoji. Yeah. It's not being used to help people. It's being used to make the church richer. Uh, We don't have a good accounting of where all the church's money goes, like the Catholic church. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, also, why why is anyone surprised by this? If you give money to a church that wouldn't even let black people become priests until 1979 (laughs) that fought against marriage equality in 2008. Uh Like if you give money to a racist bigoted organization, like don't come back like more than a decade later and like, what they used my money for something that wasn't good. Like that's kind of the history of the church. Where have you been? I don't know. But again, if it gets people talking about how the Mormon church has taken your money and just like, I don't know, making itself richer. Uh, there yeah. you go. That maybe is good. I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think of like, if there's anything similar, like I'm, I'm thinking I donate $20 a month to Planned Parenthood. It's just like a, like a, and you assume it's going to help people. Yeah. I assume it's going to, you know, help people access affordable health care and reproductive health care. And like, I don't know. Like, is there anything Planned Parenthood would use my money for that I would be like, wait, wait, this is what you're doing? And I don't think so. Right. Like, if they were using it to invest in, I don't know, GameStop or something, you'd be like, I need to rethink this donation. But again, they're not doing that because, as I mean, by and large, every charity, whatever your political stance or uh, whatever stance... Like, they're mostly doing what they say they're going to do with it. And we can quibble over, well, the money should go elsewhere. But again, if we assume most charities operate as they say they want to operate, good, Mm -hmm. fine. There's no issue with that. The issue here is this guy is mad that the Mormon church is being at the Mormon church. Yeah. And I do, like, 
I hope this increases like skepticism about like what nonprofits do with their money and are they like achieving their mission and things like that. Like I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. And I hope people think twice about when you're donating your money to quote unquote the church. What does that mean? Wait, what is that going to mean for you? I don't know. Yeah. Let me give a shout out to our sponsor for one last time here. Our sponsor today is Stardust Science, which was founded by the 15-year-old secular activist and author Bailey Harris. When Bailey was younger, she was watching Cosmos on TV. She heard Neil uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson talk about how the planets, the stars, the galaxies, everything in life, it's all star stuff. We're all made of the same star stuff, which is such a cool awe-inspiring thing to understand and she wanted to share this with her friends and she basically ended up writing a children's book called my name is stardust i have the book it's awesome my kids like Mm -hmm. it it's a special edition of the book is now out it has a forward by richard dawkins who by the way just turned 80 um his the book by bailey features Uh, beautiful artwork it teaches kids about evolution the big bang everything in between it inspired the goal is it inspires a love of science and a sense of wonder for our universe so use friendly atheist at the website stardustscience.com if you want 10 percent off but you can use that code for anything on the site many thanks to bailey and her family for sponsoring the show for the past several weeks we appreciate it guys we'll miss having you around let me bring up I'm debating which of these stories I want to do. All right. No, we're talking about Australia. Australia, because they are in the middle of the craziest sex scandal I can remember hearing in recent memory. The country is? The country is. Not like, not one dude in parliament. Nope, just parliament. If you don't know what I'm talking about, just, just Google Australia parliament sex scandal or something. Um, or you could just tell me because I tuned into I, this podcast to get information. <laughs> so <laughs> tell me there, to do fucking research. There are very serious claims of actual sex abuse, but I'm going to skip those for now because I don't know all those details. Okay. So, but that's part of it. But here's what's more lurid: there are images circulating of a government staffer masturbating on a female lawmaker's desk taking oh, a picture of no. it, sharing it with a small <gasps> group of pervs on Facebook. Um, one of those pictures has the parliamentary rule book in the background. Um, someone else in that group posted a picture performing a sex act in the office of another female lawmaker. A whistleblower says sex workers were brought into the parliamentary building for use by members of the government. What? Yeah. Like, just do it on your own time, dudes. What are you doing? Um, And then that wasn't the most shocking thing the whistleblower said. Are you sure? (laughs) The whistleblower said, oh, yeah, you know how in Parliament we have a prayer and meditation room? Yeah, you know how no one goes in there? It's a fuck closet. It is absolutely a fuck closet. He said, (laughs) I can probably say there is very little meditation or prayer going on in in that room. But I'll bet they say God a whole lot, but I'm... there you go. Uh, wait, was that a Hemant joke or that guy joke? Of course that was a me joke. Oh, I hated it. Yeah, Good. I know. So anyway, that's what they're doing with the prayer room. That's what's going on in Parliament, which, oh again, God. there's another issue of, like, why do you need a prayer and meditation room in Parliament? Uh, Just do it yeah. at home, but also... I'm not that concerned about that right this second. <laughs> But there are um, other issues here, yeah. Is it... Oh, God. I'm going to ask a question. It, are there any women implicated in doing all this garbage? No, I have not heard it. And by the way, they haven't even really mentioned the parliament members who are being accused of some of this stuff. Because the Facebook private group where these mm-hmm. photos are coming from that someone's leaking, uh, these are staffers. These are not the members themselves, but they're implicating mm-hmm. the members. And the whistleblower's like, oh, yeah, there are members involved in this stuff. So is this another case of we can't bring men anywhere? <laughs> that is correct. Oh, my Christ. Oh. I. So wait, a guy went into his co-worker's office and jerked it on her desk? And took a picture. took a picture of it. Uh And posted it to a Facebook group. Uh Uh-huh. That's my understanding. And we don't know this guy's name? Um, I'm sure somebody knows this. Is he that well encrypted? (laughs) 
they they blurred it out on the TV uh, on the TV station where this aired. This <laughs> wait, they blurred out his ding dong or his they, name? Uh, I don't think they showed anything explicit, but they did okay. blur out his face mm. um, because yeah, his the, privacy is very important <laughs> to me right now. Right, I, I assume this was the actual photos were taken to different people so they can act on it. Um, I'm mostly amused by the prayer room becomes a sex club, but yeah, there's it, bigger issues going on here. It does feel a little on the nose of like, <laughs> Ooh, this is our prayer room where we fuck. Like it's like a it's low a key. sanctity. It is a right. safe space. No one can bug <laughs> us here, oh, which means Christ. I don't know if they were bringing these sex workers in there or these are like people who just work in parliament who decide let's go over there. I don't know. I don't is know sex those work details. Legal in Australia? Sex oh, that's a good question. I don't know the answer legal to that. In Australia. Uh, it's legal, but it's illegal for a person to employ or otherwise control or profit from the work of it. Oh, so sex, sex work, is, work legal, is legal, but like pimping is not. Got it. Is that, that's how I'm interpreting the Wikipedia thing that just so came up. <laughs> it's not illegal what they're doing by having. Sure. Uh, I just wanted to be clear on that in. because that would be another layer it's, to this delicious it's an croissant. Ethical issue of bringing them into the workplace. Not just bringing them to the workplace, bringing them to the government. Yeah. <laughs> bringing them Ooh, to the Capitol, the Parliament. Uh, okay, much more serious story here because I have gone both ways about how to feel about this and I don't know okay. the answer to this. Okay, okay. here's the story. Uh, you know how on the side of the road sometimes if there was an accident. Um, uh-huh. People, family members, loved ones who want to memorialize the person oh, they the lost will put up a roadside cross. Yeah. On the side of the road. And by and large, like uh, places where I have lived, I've seen those crosses. And not only that, I've seen them stay up for long stretches years years, of time. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's one thing when it's like a local road, no one's going to raise that much of a fuss about it, especially mm-hmm. if it's on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. Um, now. A few years ago, uh, like a decade ago, Utah cops, like the highway patrol in Utah, literally put Christian crosses on the sides of highway roads to honor their own fallen comrades, like okay. other cops that had died. They put crosses on the side of the road. American atheists filed a lawsuit against that saying, this isn't like the family members doing it. This is like a government practice now, putting sure. Christian crosses like, we don't even know the religion of all right. these cops. And you know what? American atheists won that case because the court said, well, yeah, if the government is putting up crosses to honor fallen soldiers, uh, fallen colleagues, like, mm-hmm. that's an endorsement of Christianity. Like, I know it's uh, yeah. not a fun case to litigate here. Um, and it doesn't make atheists look especially great. Right. However, it's the right thing to do because right. you don't get to just say, well, now you belong to Jesus, you Jewish cop who just died. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's not okay. So anyway, the issue now is that what happens if, like, a random dude puts up a cross on the side of the road? So here's what happened. A guy named Stephen Kelly, his stepson died i don't know why assuming a car accident mm-hmm. uh stephen kelly's stepson died in 2019 the stepson was not a cop uh no just okay. stepson and on the side of a highway he put up a christian cross this is in montana he put up a cross on the side of the road there um no one had any issue with that let the man grieve no one's like saying we must pull this out of the road or anything right but eventually at some point along the way last mm-hmm. year the state's department of transportation removed it because okay. that kind of their job is to do that. Right. Um, so Stephen Kelly sued the state saying they violated his civil liberties. Here's what he said, basically mm-hmm. uh, speaking of the department of transportation for the defendants to not allow plaintiff Kelly to post his spiritual and religious type cross alongside of Montana highway severely violates his constitutional rights to freedom of religion and freedom of expression. Um, I should point out that the entire lawsuit, if you heard me just read that and you're like, that doesn't sound grammatically correct, that's because it's not. And the whole thing was handwritten. This isn't actually a professional type of lawsuit, though. That shouldn't be oh. a barrier to saying you want your rights. Okay, sure. fine. The courts took it seriously. But basically, earlier this month, they kind of handed it off to a magistrate judge saying, what should we do about this? And the judge said, there's no case here. 
Like, he doesn't have a right to put a Christian cross on the side of the road, no matter right. the reason. Right. And this government, the government didn't do anything wrong by removing yeah, it's not like it. they went to the kid's grave site and took the cross off there. Like, exactly. that's a different game. Right. Um, and by the way, the magistrate judge even said, if you left it up there, the cross, even if a private citizen put it up, on a public road, it could mm-hmm. reasonably be considered government endorsement of Christianity. So mm-hmm. when the state takes it down, they are basically maintaining neutrality. Sure. They are not like anti-Christian. They're just saying, we can't have this here. Sorry. Right. Now, again, this man could easily put up a cross uh, at the the cemetery, if that's mm-hmm. the if that's accurate. He could do it at church. He could do it at his home. He could do anything like that. But you can't do it on the side of a public highway. Right. Um, And by the way, this week, the reason this is in the news is this week, a district judge has to sign off on that recommendation. And the district judge adopted the recommendation in full, saying, yeah, that's all the right argument. I sign Mm -hmm. off on this. It's done. Um, As far as I can tell, there's no appeal to that, because what are you going to argue? You don't get the right to own the side of the road just because you're Christian. Mm -hmm. So the question is, again, and you alluded to this earlier, this had nothing to do with atheists. They weren't suing over this. Right. But is this the sort of thing people ought to do, which is should the government have removed that cross, assuming, I don't know if this is the case, but assuming it wasn't hurting anybody, it was on the side of the road, should they have taken it down because it shouldn't be there? Or was it like, you know what, you can just let this one slide? Because I've heard people argue they should have just let this slide. Yeah, I hear that. If I... Like, having limited information, anything that lives outside, whether it's a sign or or whatever, needs regular maintenance. Otherwise, it's going to fall apart, right? Like, especially in Montana, are you kidding? They have every (laughs) kind of weather. Um, And I lived in western Montana, and those highways were lined with those crosses because those are treacherous-ass roads. But... Um, that's my guess is it wasn't like, oh, we have to take this down. It's this thing is probably falling apart and we can't leave it here. And it is not the government's responsibility to maintain it. It's their, like maintain the cross. It's our responsibility to maintain the road. Mm -hmm. I also want to know like how many of these cross, I mean, at some point I honestly, just as a person, I wouldn't care if there was like one cross on the side of the road. That's why when I see them locally, Mm -hmm. um, like, it's, okay, uh, someone died, family put up a cross there. I don't know what the yeah. city's doing about it, but, like, it doesn't bother me. I don't really care. Mm-hmm. But also, if they took it down, it wouldn't wouldn't bother me either. But also, yeah, it's mean, not a big deal. I'm thinking but, yeah. a comparison for me would be graffiti mm-hmm. of, like, I don't know if, you know, I don't know where everyone lives who listens to this thing, but, like, in Chicago especially there's graffiti all over the place. And sometimes it's on public property and sometimes it's on private property. And the government is not obligated to keep that graffiti there. And very Mm -hmm. frequently they will paint over it and there is graffiti. There's just tagging. And then there's like actual artwork that people do, which I don't don't know enough about the cultural implications of tagging. Maybe that was an ignorant statement on, on my part, but anyway, yeah, like you can put some shit on the side of the road and like I'm I'm glad it makes you feel better and I'm glad it is a way for you to memorialize this person, but also it's not your property to do with what you want. It's the government's property and right. they have a responsibility to keep it clean and if yes, like you said one cross once in a while isn't a big deal, but like when that when they start adding up, wh- where do they draw the line between? Well, this is a cross to memorialize a person, and God, in Chicago, I've seen people when um, when bikers are killed in a biking accident, a lot of times on the corner or wherever, they will put that person's bike and like decorate it with flowers and ribbons and things mm. like that, and like it's a really lovely tribute. It can't be there forever. I don't think it's right. a reasonable thing to ask. I, so a it's, things- it's just not a. The thing is. I don't, nobody wants to be the bad guy to take this shit down, but it's just people who are constantly sort of towing the line to see what they can get away with. And, and sometimes you can't, and I'm sorry, you have to like grieving, grief is horrible and you have to do that internally at some point. It's not everyone else's responsibility. It's your therapist and your family and and yourself. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And I would argue like, yeah, one cross on the side of a local road, like I said, doesn't bother me. That said, 
if everyone put up a cross, whether it's to, as a memorial or because they just wanted to put up crosses on the side of the road, at some mm-hmm. point, I think people would understand, okay, this can't happen. Mm-hmm. This isn't like a religious battleground for you. Right. Um, and if you're going to, like, allow these side memorials, I will promise you some Satanists want to get involved in this. Right. Um, and also, we just heard earlier in the show, Cindy Hyde-Smith saying, you know, look, it says in God we trust on the money, therefore black people can't vote in my state on Sundays. Right, right. And it's like when you let something that seems innocuous slide, mm-hmm. they will use it to do actual awful things using that yeah. as justification. So the whole broken windows theory of atheism, like you right. can't let Christians get away with breaking the rules, mm-hmm. even if there's an emotional side to it, even if it's seems like a small thing because i promise you if you say fine you can keep the roadside cross memorial well we had that gonna, roadside cross why can't i put up a giant 12-story cross in, yeah. in my government building yeah. like and it's and remember that actually happened what was it in maryland and the supreme mm-hmm. court said well it's been up there forever no yeah. one really thinks of it as christianity anymore so <laughs> let's just leave it up it's tradition they actually argue that it was like mm-hmm. six to three or seven to two yeah. or something like that stuff builds on top of itself which is why you nip it in the bud when it happens right and the shitty thing is like <sighs> This isn't why we got into atheist activism. Like, I am not here to, like, grinch your your roadside crosses. But the problem, like, it is a give them an inch, will take a mile situation that we've seen time and time again. And on top of that, if they get anything taken away from them, they cry persecution. It's It sucks. But they put, many times, Christians put us in this unfortunate circumstance where we have to be, like, you know, whether it's the American atheists or whomever, like we have to be the bad guys because otherwise, you know, again, give them an inch, will take a mile and it's going to happen. So I don't know. It's I, I hate shit like this. I just don't I don't like it. It doesn't make me feel good. It makes me feel shitty. And but also someone has to be a hard ass and say, right, well, you right. don't get to break the rules just because bad things happened. Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, one, I got one last one for you here, which is after the Colorado shooting, like I, if someone went on the news after mm-hmm. this mass shooting and they said something religious, you know, watching that, it's like, you know what? I, I don't care. Let them grieve sure. how they want to grieve. Let sure. them say what they want to say. If they're like, if they said something like, I feel like Jesus saved me. All right, fine. I have my thoughts about it, but whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to pick on that anonymous person right. who said something religious. That's very different from Ted Cruz offering thoughts and prayers, right? So there were two people who appeared on uh, several local news shows this week because they were at the grocery store, the King Supers grocery store, when the shooter was there. They were able to escape. Great. And later on, when the coast was clear, for lack of better words, they returned Mm -hmm. to the scene and Mm -hmm. they told the local news reporters, we wanted to pray for people, comfort anyone who needed it with Jesus, which, Mm. all right, you do you, whatever. I mean, as far as I can tell. You've gone through trauma, process it how you need to. Uh, As far as I can tell, they weren't like going up to Jews and saying, let me fix you right now. They were just (laughs) saying, if someone wants to pray with us, we will pray for you. All right, fine. That's all well and good. Um, one of these people, I'm not saying their name because it's irrelevant here. Uh, one of the guys, though, it was a guy and I think his wife or something like that. But the guy basically said, uh, as he was talking about why Jesus means a lot to him, which whatever, he sure. said this. Satan hasn't won today. Like, even though this evil thing has happened, Satan hasn't won. Jesus has won and God has won. And I think this is even proof of it, like how beautiful these mountains are right now. Satan hasn't won. Jesus has won. Again, you survived the shooting. You processed the grief as you need to. I'm not Mm -hmm. trying to trash him for it. But I was trying to figure out the mentality that says that in a mass shooting where I think 10 people died, Mm -hmm. anyone could say... Yeah, I think Jesus was victorious today. Like, there's something about that mentality that it just, does make me uncomfortable. Oh. I and it. If it that's just what feels a really victory, dis- right? What's the body count you need to consider it a loss? It just 
uh, it, it just feels so. It's a moment that somebody is grateful that they made out made got out of a terrible thing alive. But it just feels really dismissive of the people who died as if, like, well, that was part of God's plan, right? And yeah. that's, I mean, God it's needed kind of, to win, you guys, so mm-hmm. bye. And I'm seeing anecdotally on uh, online of people saying, like, oh, my parents won't get vaccinated because when it's my time to die, it's my time to die. And, like, that's all well and good, but it just, it's so deeply self-centered. <laughs> Which, I mean, if you just survived a horrible, like, tragedy, I guess you're allowed to be self-set. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. This guy's going to say. It was, I mean, I feel like I would have understood it if he had said something like, you know, Jesus was looking out for me or something, which yeah. would also be like, well, okay, I guess he wasn't looking out for those other people, but go you. But again, I've, I'm, I've heard that one before. I can understand right. that one. This felt like it went above and beyond where he's like, yep, Jesus won. Satan didn't win. Satan was defeated. Who is Jesus in your story here? Like, yeah, I mean, that's not a good thing to say, but also this guy, it, it's not like if a broadcaster said it, right? Or somebody who was expecting, who got up that morning expecting to be on the news. Does that make sense? Like, yes, he, he's just a Though random the broadcasters guy. Who, were, I mean, again, the broadcasters were there. They kept the mic there. They let the guy talk for a long while. And of course, they're not going to interrupt and be like, can you say that part again? What's up yeah. with that? I'm not expecting them to do follow up questions here. But also, like, he knew he had an open mic and he was going to use it and mm-hmm. he was going to be able to broadcast it. Like, you, I don't know the religious beliefs of any of the victims. Sure. Maybe they were Christians. Maybe some of them were not. But, like, but that sort of statement, I think, to say this is part of God's plan or God's victory, I think that's part of the reason it's hard to pass a lot of this gun violence gun safety regulations Mm, mm -hmm. because every mass shooting is seen as something satanic which means you cannot do anything to stop it as opposed to a human based problem that require human based solutions Uh like if you attribute that shit to God it makes as much sense as your house was on fire or it was in the middle of a tornado and your bible survived the thing and you're like this is part of God's plan it's like who cares why don't you fix the wiring or what your house is made of or I don't know get out of hurricane alley but like fix the problems you could fix Instead of just saying, well, you know, God's sending me a sign so I don't have to change anything. So here's what I will say about this. I do not begrudge this man for believing that or for saying it, but it is another very good reason that I'm an atheist and will likely never be a churchgoer. Because that, to me, if you come out of something like that and your first thing is like, well, I'm not dead, so Jesus won— yeah, that doesn't feel like a philosophy I want to align myself with. So, yeah, I, I don't begrudge him saying whatever he felt like he needed to say or whatever was in his heart. But, like, yeah, yeah I don't know. I'm not going to – you're not luring me back to your church, which I know isn't that guy's job or motivation. But, yeah, it's just another reason that a lot of us have left organized religion because this is what they do in face of tragedy. Yeah. Um, actually, I lied. I do have one last story for you. Then I promise I'm done. Okay. Um, and mostly the only reason I care about this is because I usually like Panera. Um, yeah. Are you drinking Panera right now? Usually y- you are. Y- you know, I did earlier. <laughs> um, I get my morning coffee. It's the only way I get out of the house. So anyway, uh, this was in Pennsylvania. Um, a woman, Tammy McCoy, she was working at a Panera in Pennsylvania starting in late 2019. Mm-hmm. As far as I can tell, she was fine. Like she did her job. She did whatever. Like there's no issue there. Glowing praise from him and his usual. Glowing praise. I know nothing about her, so I can't attest to anything, but all okay. I like, like, there's no reason to think she wasn't a good employee. Mm-hmm. Um, she also happens to be pagan, which is irrelevant, but all right. According to a lawsuit she just filed against Panera, she said that she is a pagan, but she never talked about it because it's work. Mm-hmm. But during a shift last May during the pandemic, but she mm-hmm. is working. Um, this is with her general manager and the assistant general manager. They were all mm-hmm. outside taking a break for a little bit. And subject of religion comes up. And one of these people asks her about her beliefs. Mm-hmm. And she says, honestly, that she's pagan. And the assistant general manager basically said, you're going to hell. 
I don't know if that's a joke. I don't know what the context of that was, but the other manager was like nodding her head in agreement according to the lawsuit. <laughs> oh no. Which, okay, whatever. Conversation, whether it's a joke or an actual comment, it's like, uh-huh. all right, whatever. But then by the like the next week, uh the assistant manager is like, Your hours are I'm quoting. This is quoted in the lawsuit. Your hours are being cut until you find God. And then it gets worse. I'm reading from the lawsuit. The two of them, manager, general, man, uh, assistant manager. They uh-huh. frequently told the plaintiff things like that her religion is false, that she needs to believe in God, that her soul will be condemned to hell, and that they would pray for her soul. Oh, well, and then at, at one point, yeah, the district manager comes to visit that location. And oh. Tammy asks, like, can you transfer me to another Panera, which is a thing you can do. Sure. And she was turned down. <gasps> Uh, when she asked that person for Panera's like HR department, she was told, "If you, I'm quoting, if you call HR about this, you will be fired on the spot." Oh fuck! She called anyway. They didn't respond to her. her. They oh. didn't respond. Um, by July, she was basically told to put in her resignation notice. And when she asked why, the response from the manager was like, "Quote, I don't like you." And then she was fired. Oh, and by the way, oh Tammy's God. husband worked at the same store, and he was fired. He had <gasps> jack to do with any of this. He was just fired by association. Oh, yikes. Um, and oh, so this boy. is the subject. This is, that's what we know. That's what the lawsuit says. Um, I don't know what else to tell you other than Panera hasn't issued a comment, which isn't unusual because uh-huh. they could just say we're we're looking at this. We will address it in court. Um, But I was like, I thought when I heard religious discrimination, pagan employee, I thought it might be what she needed a day off and they wouldn't give it to her. So she's suing like it was not unimportant, but it was small potatoes like that. Sure. sure, And I'm reading. It's like, oh, shit. (laughs) Like this is (laughs) wild. Yeah. So I don't know, Panera. What are you doing? I'm I'm shocked. I should say I. I, I wrote about all of this and this morning, then I went to Panera to get coffee. Like, whatever. I'm oh, a hypocrite, my too. My point is, like, this is... I don't There's know... There's no ethical consumption under capitalism, Hammett. Don't yeah. feel bad about anything you do. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, like, it's it's not the company's fault, necessarily. It's two people or three people no, who work in is. that area. But what's the company doing about it? And when she tried to tell them what was going on, what? why did they not do anything? That is something I want answered. And I don't have yeah. that answer yet. So before I get mad, I kind of want to know that answer. But also, I'm definitely disturbed by this one Panera in Pleasant Hills. Holy cow. That is... This is the persecution that Christians wish they were facing. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Like, oh, you go to... Like, this... This is like the reverse plot of a bad Christian movie, right? Oh, like, oh, my my coworkers found out I was Christian, and now they're mad at me about it. We're recording this on Friday. I won't post this until Saturday. The, uh, I just saw a trailer for a Christian movie. That that was exactly my reaction. It's like if you were a Christian, you had free time during the pandemic, and you wanted to make a movie. What would your movie be about? And of course, right. it's about persecution. Obviously. But how did they do it? And how shitty is it? And this movie. <laughs> It takes place in the future when Christians have basically been... Christianity has been criminalized. Do you know what year that happens? Oh, um, what year is now? 2021? So I assume, like, uh, 2024. You are... 2025. Yep. Christianity (laughs) is criminalized. Uh, It is... There's a one-world government now due to the pandemic. (laughs) Communism is the way we all work. And Christianity is now literally criminalized, and but but a group of Christians are gonna try to try to fight back. So brave! Oh my god! And I just watched the like minute and a half trailer for this, and holy Christ! It's terrible. Oh, it's the funniest. Not only is there stock footage of various cities for empty cities for no reason. (laughs) Uh My favorite part of it is there is a guy who's a cop. Uh, I assume coming after the Christians or maybe he is a Christian trying to like fight back where they clearly took someone's police uniform, but you can't use their actual police uniform. So they just put black duct tape over the city's name where it says blank police. Oh, sure. And you could just see the black duct tape. 
And the That's sound, incredible. And you could tell they're just recording this on like their phone or something. But it's like I wouldn't make fun of it if it was like a high schooler making a film in his free time. <laughs> no, uh-huh. this is like a it has an IMDb page and shit. Like this is an That's actual quite embarrassing bad Christian movie. And it was glorious. And this oh, is what's going to happen in four years, apparently. When Oh, by the way, the reason Christians are persecuted is because the coronavirus eradicated everything and threw everything into chaos. By mm. the way, this movie doesn't apparently doesn't acknowledge the existence of vaccines. Oh, because, of course, shocking. that's why coronavirus spread everywhere. So what was mm-hmm. I talking about again? Oh, unclear. Hi. Yeah. Oh, right. So Panera Bread. Oh. Um, <laughs> forgot what it has to do with it, but Christians are being persecuted. Yeah, that's why. That's what they think is going to happen. In reality, nope, this pagan woman's like, oh, yeah, I exist. And then they went like crazy on her ass. Boy, that's a lot for me to deal with. <laughs> I can't believe, like... I'm still going to go tomorrow to get my coffee. Oh, of course. I also disagree that, like, if she went to HR and this still happened, then it's 12,000% on Panera Corporate. Yeah, I don't know if, like, it went to to voicemail and they never responded back or, like, what's the deal? Like, I do want to hear that answer. I have, I'll get the updates when this case gets updates. You get it when you talk to all your good friends at Panera. That's that's right. I assume everyone knows about this. Um, You can get exclusive interviews, haven't I? I get free coffee every day because of the coffee club. Oh, that's fun for you. You know, those little like Krispy Kreme is like, we'll give you one free donut if you're vaccinated. Uh And of course... It's the whole point of it is just come into the store. No one's going to get one donut. Of course. We'll give you one Uh because we'll take the hit. Yeah. But you're probably going to buy more. Um, Panera's like, we'll give you free coffee once a day if you want it because no one just comes for one coffee. No, I'm totally the the reason (laughs) they've lost money on that deal. (laughs) They're in the red just because of Hammett. You're welcome. Um, yeah, I, I just want to briefly bring up uh, what's going on in Arkansas and generally around the country with um, anti-LGBTQ legislation. There's been some really fucking bogus trans laws happening. Um, and speci- more specifically, uh, in, Ar- uh, in Arkansas, there's legislature that passed that allows EMTs and doctors to refuse to treat LGBTQ people. It's called the Medical Ethics and Diversity Act because they have no sense of irony down there. <laughs> um, but it gives medical workers a right to refuse providing health care to someone because of the worker's, quote, religious, moral, or ethical beliefs. Um, so it's not specifically you can treat somebody who – you cannot treat somebody because they're gay, but it's basically it. Like, that's what the, the, ga- the so game is. So if you is. refuse to help a trans person, you're legally – like immune if you just say well trans people go their existence goes against my religion mm-hmm. so this has been a very 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 shitty couple of weeks for there's a for, lot of bills just like that like it's one thing when it's, so it's bad enough when you have a christian baker at a public business saying oh, i know i, I sell sh- wedding cakes but i won't sell it to gay people who want to buy the same thing straight people can buy um no they're like i'm not going to drive you in the ambulance right. to the hospital because I don't treat trans broken arms. I would rather you die than me touch an icky gay person is really, right. you know, just like is, every medical person dreams. I'm pretty sure that is on something Jesus said. Oh, definitely. Um, but yeah, oh, there's something else I wanted to bring up, but I cannot. Oh, the, the, the cake guy, the Denver cake guy, isn't he back in the news? Yeah, there was a while back, I think a trans person... But acting on purpose said, sure, sure, sure. I want to buy a cake from you, the same type of cake uh, that you would sell to a straight person, a cis person, mm-hmm. whatever. And he said no for the same reason that everyone expected he would say no. Mm-hmm. I thought that I haven't paid attention to this case, I will freely admit. I thought that happened a long while ago. I'm not sure why that person filed a lawsuit now. But yes, uh, he's being sued again. Cool. Cool. cool, I think unlike last time, because he said I won't make a cake for a same sex wedding. This one is slightly different because she's literally ordering. I'm sorry. I don't know who the person is, but the person suing literally wants to buy something that is on the menu like that. He offers to cis people. Uh, He doesn't have to do anything different. He literally just doesn't want to 
give it to a trans person. Um, it's a different type of discrimination because this has nothing to do with I'm not going to put two guys on top of the wedding cake or whatever mm-hmm. it, it is. Mm-hmm. Um, this person just wants to buy the same cake or whatever. Right. So, so I don't know. Cool as usual. So that's Christian persecution for you. I want to pay you money so you give me the thing you are selling to other people. Yeah, yeah. And that is Christian persecution. But you don't like how my face looks, I guess. Ugh, God, the worst. Yeah. <sighs> um, I have, are you, are you done? I'm I've done. got a couple things to plug. Um, so I was just on, uh, God awful movies, which is a great, uh, podcast, um, where they, it's like a, how did this get made or a flop house, but they do Christian movies. So I was on and I did a movie called the God question, which is so bad. I watched it twice because <laughs> so little happened in it that I was like, I don't know what I'm going to say about this, but it was a blast. I've been getting really positive feedback from their regular listeners. So that made me feel very good and happy this week. Um, also, if you are a Patreon donor, uh, right now you can hop over there and, um, listen to an interview that I did with my dad last weekend. Um, I should say, unlike a lot of the Patreon only or early release podcasts that we've put on there, I have seen more feedback on mm-hmm. Jessica's conversation with her dad mm-hmm. than pretty much any other conversation we've ever posted before. By far. And, you know, we only have a few hundred Patreon donors, so the fact that I've gotten so much... And anytime anybody's messaged messaged him in or posted on the, the Patreon page, I have forwarded those over to my dad. He was very clear that he wanted to hear both good and bad feedback. Interesting. Um, and the, the first cop, when I asked my dad to do so essentially it's just that my dad was raised Catholic, um, was pretty liberal as a young man, uh, became a kind of Reagan Republican, like hashtag fiscal responsibility, LOL. Um, and then in 2016, he left the Republican party or probably more accurately, he feels like the Republican party left him. Uh, so I just wanted to get his sort of take on what happened and what it's like to be, a straight wealthy white man who all of a sudden feels like some of his friends are huge Trumpers and he doesn't really know how to deal with that. So I thought it was an interesting conversation. It's people seem to enjoy it. Um, and it makes me very happy that, that we got to share that. So we will post it on the main feed sometime this coming week, but it is available right now to Patreon donors. Right. And, and like you said, if you message me or whomever, um, it, it, my dad will see it. Do not worry. I was also on, this is a big week for me. I was on uh, the Zachrilege cast, uh, which is on YouTube and now it's up. Um, it, I, it was just a straight up interview thing. So, uh, so that's up as well. If you want to hear more from me and if you want to hear even more, uh, Cooper Duper is the other podcast I do with my husband. We are actually getting close to finishing the twin peaks, Pantheon, which is pretty good timing because things are starting to open back up. So probably after we're done with Cooper Duper, we will move over to like Lynch movies and maybe do them once or twice a month. So that's that. I also, so sorry, I'm just going to keep you here a little while longer. Um, the uh, I have been not including our um, reviews on iTunes. So you can always review us on iTunes. Um, tell your friends about it. One specifically I really wanted to read because it kind of tickled me. Um, So I might have actually read this original message on the air or I just tweeted it out. But the title is Jessica um, and it's from Robots with Dreams. Don't get me wrong. I love them both. But Jessica interrupts way too much. Sometimes I can't finish the podcast because I get so irritated with the constant interruptions. Saying this, I still love her enthusiasm, her enthusiasm, and it would be fun to share a bottle of wine with her. Cheers to you both. Um, I do remember because I, I think I yelled about a lot about how I am very fun to share a bottle of wine with and he should be so lucky. Um, then I did not know you could amend your reviews. So it went from, I think three to five stars. I would like to retract my former statement about (laughs) Jessica. After listening, quote, religiously for a few more months, I adore her. She's probably my favorite podcaster to hear from on a weekly basis. So even I can win over the hearts and minds of those who hate me. Awesome. Uh, where can we, oh, and you can follow me on Twitter at Jess Bloomke. Um, where can we find you, bud? I am at Hem and Meta on Twitter. Go to FriendlyAtheist.com and go to Patreon.com slash Podcast right now. Okay, cool. Bye.